As we get started today, let me ask you guys a question. Anybody ever seen the movie Encanto? Anybody seen the movie Encanto? Okay. Those of you that are parents, you've seen the movie Encanto. Uh, those of you that aren't parents, you haven't seen the movie Encanto. I don't know what rock you've been living under, but that was really big a couple of years ago, like about a year or two ago. And like all, and it was on, I think it was on, it was on Disney, right? I think it was on Disney. Like all movies that kids have at that age, they kind of get obsessed with it. You know, like when you see that movie, the kids watch it and they'll just watch it once. They watch it twice. They watch it three times. They watch it four times. They watch it five times. In fact, we just did it earlier this year with the Mario movie. We didn't mean to, but Zeke really loves the Mario movie. Like, he loved it. And so he watched it probably six times in a row. Uh, like, his brothers were doing other things. And he was like, I'm just going to watch the Mario movie. Like, that's just what he did. And so we were in that phase with the Encanto movie. It's like a phase you go through with kids. And in that phase, we watched it consistently, and we took it to the next level. We didn't just watch it. How many of y'all know you got to listen to the music sometimes in the car? Right? You got to listen to the music sometimes in the car, right? And there was a particular song in that movie that was coming up, and it, and, and, and it really just our, our kids loved it, and they would ask for it every time we got in the car. And it wasn't the one about Bruno, because we don't talk about Bruno. It was a different one. It was, it was actually one called Surface Pressure. And, and those of you that don't remember, this was the older sister singing about the weight and the pressure she had being the oldest sibling in a family and some of the responsibilities she had and the things that she had to do and the responsibility that just kind of fell in her lap. And in fact, one of the, uh, this song gives so much context to, and I think it kind of reflects some, maybe how we're feeling at times. In fact, the, uh, the verse goes like this. This is one of them that just kind of caught my eye and inspired this message. She says, give it to your sister. It doesn't hurt and see if she can handle every family burden. Watch as she buckles and bends, but never breaks. Watch as your older sibling carries the weight, but never breaks. Now back to where we are today. Have you ever had that moment, or maybe you've ever felt that way, where the pressure of life or the weight of life, is so much that you feel like you are bending, but you can't break. The pressures that you're existing with, the roles and responsibilities, mom, the roles and responsibilities, dad, the roles and responsibilities, business leader, organizational leader, that you, they're so heavy and they're so weighty and they cause you to bend, but you certainly can't break because everybody's looking and waiting on you. You can't break, but the weight is so real. And I would like to make the argument that the pace of life at which we live here in the West puts us in a position where we are simply exhausted. Not only are we exhausted, I think that this phrase, bending but not breaking, has just become part of our culture. That you add as much weight as possible to your plate and as much weight as possible to your life, and as much and many things as you can fit in your schedule to where you bend as much as possible, but you don't break. And then everybody in the world says that's normal. Everybody you see says that's normal. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's pressure that comes from your job. Sometimes it's because you're coming up and, and look, we're coming at the end of the year. We all know what happens at the end of the year. Budget's got to be submitted. They got to be put together, right? So your job may be asking some little, pull a little bit extra hours. Everybody knows the holidays coming with Thanksgiving and Christmas. So everybody's, you know, 
maybe some bosses are like, hey, I need you to pull a couple extra hours coming into this time frame. Maybe, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's um, that, you know, kind of you they don't mean to, but maybe it's the pressure your kids place on it because you've got about four or five practices between a Monday and a Wednesday. And you're just running and you're going and you feel hurried everywhere you go. And you're going and going and going and you feel like you are worn down. And over time, you bend, but there's so much pressure you can't afford to break. And as you feel it, Mom, and as you feel it, Dad, it becomes so much. And what happens is, is we forget to care for the, what Jesus said was the most important part of you, your soul. That you, in the pace of life that we live here in the Western culture, goes so fast and it's so hurried, and it's more, 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 and it's get, 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 and it's go, 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 and it's one right after the other. And then you're afraid if you don't move at that pace, you're the L word, and it's not loser, it's lazy, right? And then you see these idiots on TikTok that tell you about all their crazy life hacks that they have at getting up at four in the morning and doing this, and they, they work 1,700 hours in a week and all this other stuff. It's ridiculous. It's flat ridiculous. And there's a better way to live your life. In fact, if you go to other areas of the world, we are weird. Western culture is weird because it is go, go, go as fast as you can, get as much as you can, gain as much wealth as you can, gain as many business partners as you can, go, 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 fast, 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 as many sports as the kids can put in. We're going to put them in all of them. Yeah, but they only need a couple. No, they need all of them. We need all of them. What about extra, extracurricular activities? All of them. Uh, they got to do them all. What about you? Well, I mean, I'm going to survive. What about church? Well, that'll go in the back somewhere. We'll get God somewhere along the lines. And then we're confused at why our teenagers don't follow faith. Different sermon. Anyway, my point is, is that this pace of life that we live is too much. It simply goes so, so fast. And then you couple it with just being a parent. If you're a parent, period, like not like you've got little kids. I mean, like you're a parent, like you have adult children. Some of, how many of y'all know that sometimes you still got to, you still parent your adult children, right? <laughs> you sometimes you still parent your adult children. Like being a parent is exhausting. I've heard being a parent explained this way, and I haven't found a better description. Being a parent is like jumping out of a plane with a bunch of people who don't know how to open their own chutes. So then you fly around doing it for them. Then you hit the ground, but you don't die. You get up and cook dinner. Some of you is like, Pastor, that was dead on. In fact, I fell out of the plane yesterday. Because just being a parent is exhausting, right? And then coupled with all the other things we do in life and all the other things that come with life, and particularly when we get to this holiday season, Leah and I have got to a place where for a while we didn't even enjoy the holiday season because it was just faster, faster, go, more presents. We've got to be here on this day. We've got to be over there on that day. We've got to be here on this day. And then you mix in like, oh, well, we've got work stuff. We've got church stuff. We've got this, these things, right? And, and, and we go at this pace, this time of the year, and they look at us and say, it's normal. It's fine. Go faster. Go harder. 
bend, <laughs> but certainly don't break. Bend, mom. Bend, dad. But don't break. Just keep going faster. We're starting a new series today titled A Better Way. Because it's my belief that there is a better way to live life than at the breakneck pace in which we are currently doing it. There's a better way to exist. In fact, the way of Jesus is a better way than the way that we are currently living our life. For many of you, you've come in here this morning and you are just flat exhausted. And this pace that we run at is not sustainable long term. And, and, and I can see it in your eyes when you come in on Sunday morning. I can hear it in your voice when you talk to me on the phone. You go, Brandon, how do you know that? I see it. And when I ask how everybody's doing, just busy. I'm just busy. So busy. Busy has become a status symbol in our world where you're only successful if you're busy. You notice that? that there is actually a, a weird adjustment because what used to happen uh, just over 100 years ago was the more money you made, which everybody in here is considered wealthy by the world standards. Everybody in here is considered wealthy by the world standards because you make over $30,000 a year, which puts you in the top 0.3% of the entire world. You made it. Congratulations. Some of you are like, that doesn't feel right, right? It's true. So for some of us, we sit back and, and, and we see that. And we go, oh, I just got to keep going. Got to go faster, faster, faster. Harder, harder, harder. And the truth is, that simply doesn't work. You're exhausted. You come in here broken down, beat up from the pace at which you're running life. And then there's this lie that floats around. You guys know this lie. You know this lie. You've said this lie before with your husband or your wife or your friends. I just got to get through this, right? It's just a season. I mean, when this work thing is over, like when we get to the end of the year and we get the budget set, look, they're not going to bother me anymore, right? right? Uh, they're not going to bother me anymore. Or you get in there and you go, hey, um, it, it's okay. I'm just, you know, it's, it's, it's not a problem. But, um, hey, if, if we just get through football season, right? Just got to get through football season. We made this mistake last year. We made this mistake last year. Leah and I, and it is totally, look, I am not preaching at you. I'm talking with you. I'm the workaholic and go-getter in our family. I'm the one that will push us to the absolute limit, and Leah is holding on to me saying, stop going so fast. And I'm like, ADHD, can't stop moving, right? That's how I felt for a long time until this happened, until I made the ridiculous decision to coach one of my son's football on one end of the county and then decided to put the other one into tackle football on the other end of the county, and still work in the church, and still have a building project during the same time, and still have them in jujitsu all at the same time. It was a glorious decision, y'all. It was fantastic. And running club. Yeah, see? See, it just gets worse. And running club. And we put all those together and it was about the type of sandwich you thought it might be. It was a total wreck. 
I was exhausted because because it was like, okay, on Monday, what are we going to do? Um, okay, so Monday's Grayson. You're going to take him and go to his pri- – okay, then I, I'll try to get the other two, maybe to jiu-jitsu. No, it's running club today. Okay, uh, Tuesday we're going to go to – got to go be at Elijah's because he's got – I'm coaching his team. And then it was back and forth. And then on Saturdays were the games. And as you know, they stack the games right on top of each other because they love parents. So on one end of the county, I had Elijah's game, and I had to be there because I was a coach. And then on the other end of the county, I had Grayson's game. I missed his first tackle football game. I didn't come to like the third quarter because I had to coach Elijah's football team. And the pace at which we were running was so fast. And we, I kept telling myself, I just got to get through this. I just got to get through this. Right? Just got to finish. Just got to get to the end. 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 And then I got to the end. And you know what happened? Because we were used to living at that pace, something else tried to take that spot. Because you're already used to living at the pace. So you'll fill it with something else. And that's where it becomes a problem. That's the danger in it. It's one thing to do it for a minor season. It's another to go one thing right after the other. You know this is you if you start saying things like that. You know this is you if you say, I'll get more time when... You know this is you if you say, well, we'll have more time as a family when daddy finishes this work project, mommy gets this thing done at work, right? When that happens, you know that you're in that space. Because unless you are intentional about it, it will be taken. That space in your schedule will be taken unless you are very clear about it. And again, it seems normal. All across society tells us to go faster, go harder. In fact, you are applauded the more hours you put in. You are applauded. You look like a good parent the more practices you go to. You you look like a good, good worker the more projects you say yes to, even though you can't breathe under the current amount you have. Right? Like, Like you seem really good, and it's rewarded in our society. And meanwhile, your soul is deteriorating. Meanwhile, your soul is becoming exhausted because you become overwhelmed because you're overcommitted. And for us as a society, we are overwhelmed and we're overcommitted. Exhausted from the pace and the unrealistic pace of life that we are living. Now, just a second, and I'll explain something and make a point to you. Um, if I was the enemy of your soul, and I knew I could not affect your salvation, right? We're on the same page. Devil can't affect your salvation. Jesus completed that work. That work is done. So if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are complete. You are saved. But since I can't mess with that, I would love to make you as busy as possible to ensure that you never reach the potential God has for you. I would love to make sure that you're so consumed with creating wealth. I would love to make sure you're so consumed with creating more. I would love to make sure you're so consumed with yourself and with what you want that you're not paying attention to anybody else around you, to the kids around you. I would love to just make sure that you are so busy that by the time you get to heaven, you didn't complete the purpose God had for you. You weren't able to live up your potential. And oh, by the way, you barely made it in because you just need, you're just so tired. You come in the front door, or you come in the front door of the pearly gates, and you look at St. Peter and go, where's the seat? I need to take a break. 
If I was the enemy of your soul, that's what I would love to do. It's just ensure that you are exhausted by the time you get to the finish line. But again, the way of Jesus, the offering Jesus has, is a better way of life. It's a better way than the pace that we're currently living at, than the speed at which we're running. It's a better way. Here's his offering. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 11. We're going to start in verse 28. So you can flip there. This is the offering. He's got all of his disciples and all of his followers together. He's got them all in a group. He just made a proclamation about himself being the Messiah and fulfilling the roles of the Messiah in the world. And he leans in and looks at the entire audience and has this to say. If you've got it, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, say word. The word of the Lord says this, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Have you ever felt weary and burdened? Now again, you won't say it in a room like this, because Sunday morning i got to be all buttoned up. I can't let anybody see that I'm, a, I'm weary and burdened, right? I, I can't, I'm not going to say it in a room like this, because then that seems weak. But the truth is, if we're just being honest, doesn't that describe you? Let's, 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 let's just be honest with ourselves. Doesn't that describe you at the end of the holiday season? Like, you ain't even get to Christmas Eve, and you're already weary and burdened. You're like, Lord, help me, because I am exhausted. Because the pace is too much. And what I love about this is it's an offering. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. Come to me. Meaning, Jesus says, I ain't chasing you down. I ain't chasing you down. If you want to move at that pace, you want to live that life the way you are, I am a gentleman. I am not going to chase you down. But I'm telling you, it's dangerous. I'm telling you, you're going to be exhausted, and I have a better way. He says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you, somebody shout that word, rest. How many of y'all could use some rest? All right? And you even got an extra hour today. Not if you have kids. You're right. Our kids woke up at like 530. Yeah, Amen. I don't know what's wrong with them. Their internal clock is so good. And every one of us knows that we could use some rest, right? Rest would be good. Rest would be fantastic. In fact, I could use some rest. And when Jesus says, come to me, who are all weary and burdened, come to me. Let me put it this way. For those who are tired of living at, that, at this pace, for those who are exhausted from pursuing and striving and trying to reach a level that God never intended you to reach, for those who are pushing and pushing and pushing and the weight is so heavy that you can't keep moving at this pace any longer. Jesus says, come to me, those people, and I will give you rest. And here's how we acquire it. He tells us in the next in the next verse. He says, take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now remember, Jesus was a Jewish rabbi. And there was a common thing in the, in the first century that the rabbi had something called a yoke. And the rabbi, was an, it was an idiom, it was an agricultural idiom that they would use, and he, it was called the yoke of the law. So the rabbi would 
carry the yoke of the law, which was just an idiom or an interpretation that the rabbi would explain to all of their followers. So somebody followed a rabbi, just similar to how we all come into churches today. They would follow the rabbi and they would listen to what the rabbi had to say according to how to live their life, their interpretation of the law, how they behaved, like what the law, the Torah, what that meant to the people. So when the, it was called the yoke of the Torah, but there's a problem. The yoke of the Torah, Torah was 613 commands. That's a lot. We got two, love God, love people. That's what Jesus boiled it down to. But, but 613, so that was a heavy yoke. So when somebody began to follow the rabbi, they would carry whatever yoke the rabbi would carry, his interpretation of the law his teachings, his lifestyle, the way he lived, the values, his way of thinking. That's what was considered the yoke of the rabbi. And Jesus says, take my yoke. Take mine. A lot of other rabbis, a lot of other people are talking about it, but take my yoke. Here's a visual of what a yoke would look like. For those of us that aren't from an agricultural background don't understand, what they would do is they would put the animals one on each side. And in the next picture, I got a demonstration or a picture of what that looks like. This is what they would do. And, and these animals could multiply the force for one. And two, it was also used when you had a less experienced animal, less senior animal, weaker animal. They would yoke it to a stronger, more experienced animal. And so they would yoke them according to to based on ability. You didn't put too strong together and put a bunch of weak ones behind it because it would cause the plow to go all sorts of ways because the ones behind didn't know how to act. They couldn't act right. And Jesus says, hey, take my yoke. And the visual is come under the yoke with me. That I'm in, I am the bigger, stronger, wiser one waiting under the yoke. And I've got a spot right here, but, I, but the only way, this is the only way you're going to find rest, is learning from me, carrying the weight from me. The only way you're going to find rest is if you do life the way I do life, but I, here I am. I'm on the yoke, and I just got a space for you. And you could come up alongside me. So take my yoke. Take my yoke. And learn my way of life, Jesus says. Learn my value system. Learn my interpretation of God. Learn from me who God is. Take the yoke. And every rabbi had a yoke. Jesus says, take mine and learn from me. I have a better way of life than the life you're living. He says, take my yoke upon you, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You will find rest for your souls. Earlier, he just promised rest, but now he goes into more detail. When you carry my yoke, Jesus says, when you carry my yoke, you will find rest for not just physically, some of us need physical rest, absolutely, especially if you're a parent. You need physical rest all the time. Not just mental rest. Some of us need mental rest for sure, especially if you're a high school student or a college student. You need mental rest. But all of us need a rest for our soul. 
And he says, if you take this from me and you learn from me, learn my way of life, put out, allow me to teach you and you get up under the yoke with me and you take my yoke with you, my way of life is better than the way that you are currently living. Because the pace of the world right now is go, 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 go. But that's not how Jesus lived. It's not how he lived. He says this, for my yoke, explaining, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The way of life I'm going to teach you is not hard to understand, he says. The way of life I'm going to guide you in is not going to be difficult to understand. And especially when you understand, like he says, my interpretation of God, how to please God is not going to be difficult. Remember, love God, love people. It's going to be easy. Application might be a little tough. But the process, you know, understanding it's going to be easy. And my burden, oh my goodness, Jesus says, my burden is so light. My burden is so light compared to what you guys are dealing with for the rest of the world. And I mean, let's be honest. You've carried the yoke of the world before, right? You've carried the yoke of of more, of faster, of bigger, of better. You've carried that yoke. And in that yoke, you find yourself exactly how Jesus started the verse, weary and burdened. Because you are trying to move at a pace that God never intended your soul to move at. But because of caffeine and electric, right? Caffeine and electric. If Before there were lights, people went to bed when the sun went down. They woke up when the sun came up. Light bulb comes into effect. All of a sudden, the work day got longer. And now there's some great things about it. Don't get me wrong. But that's one of the negative things. And then caffeine, that keeps you going for days, y'all. Caffeine, the Holy Spirit, that's how I do this job. <laughs> with me, Lord, I need rest, right? But let's be honest, where has that ever gotten you? The yoke of the world, where has the yoke of the world gotten you? The yoke of faster, keep producing. I don't care how tired you are. You got things to do, Mom. You got things to do, Dad. No, I know you're tired, but they have another, another practice they need to go to. And it never stops. And then you wonder, and y'all make fun of dads when they fall asleep in the chair on Sunday afternoon. And take pictures and send to your friends. Because the pace is maddening. The pace is exhausting. And Jesus says, you can come to me. Here's my offer. Come to me. Carry my yoke. Learn my way of life. Jesus says, if you can learn my way of life, yours will be better. If you learn the way I know God, your life will be better. If you learn the pace of life that I'm living at, Jesus says, your life will be better. If you learn to value the things that I value, Jesus says, your life will be better. And here's the best part. Your soul will find rest. Your soul will find rest. But it only happens when you take up the yoke and carry it. 
because he's carrying it on the other side of you. He's carrying the yoke with you. Difference between the yoke of Jesus and the yoke of the world, you carry the yoke of the world by yourself. And I hope you're strong. I hope you're strong. Because it has it is ground so many people into dust. The difference is the yoke of Jesus, he's on the other side. And he'll help you carry it. But again, here's the problem we run into. Many of us believe Jesus. You hear these words? I mean, come on, this is, this is, this is a good verse. It's a good word, right? I mean, come on, you read this one, you probably have it highlighted in your Bible before you even got here, because this is a good one. We read it, we read it all the time. It's on, a, it's, it's on a hat somewhere, right? It's probably on some of y'all's homes. Come to me, we're all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, right? That, that's really easy um, to, and, and I've noticed that for many of us, we follow Jesus from a distance, right? Like, I want Jesus in my life as long as it kind of fits with, like, everything I'm doing. But the minute that what he says in the Gospels doesn't line up with what I want to do, I distance the following. I still follow. It's just a little further now. I'm just, I'm just giving Jesus some space. We need a break. Your relationship status on Facebook with Jesus is this complicated. I don't know, Lord, it's complicated. This is difficult sometimes. You said that thing about money, and I don't like that. You said that thing about the Sabbath and needing to rest, and I don't do that either. So before you know it, the distance gets further and further and further. And you're still following. Your salvation is there. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is the distance at which you're following your rabbi, your teacher, your Lord, your king is so far that you can't learn from him. Because he's way up there, and you're way back here. And the distance becomes wide. So, for the next few weeks, I want to shift the language for just a little bit. You hear me say following Jesus all the time, and that's true. We follow Jesus. I want to shift the vernacular to apprenticing under Jesus. That means you are taking ownership of it. That is even more active than following. That means you are learning from the master and applying it to your life. If you apprentice for a job, what do you do? You learn from the other guy, and then you apply it to your, to your trade, right? That's what it means to apprentice. So instead of just following Jesus and believing in Jesus, we're going to spend the next few weeks learning how to apprentice under the master, to learn his way of life, a better way of life than the way we are currently living. We're going to learn to mimic his behavior. So here's the first lesson. Here's the first lesson this week. And some of you guys are like, oh my gosh, you've been talking forever. This is the first lesson. He just now got to it? My gosh, is the coffee still on? Does he have a Starbucks intermission? No, this is very simple. This is, so, this is so easy, but yet so profound when you apply it. Jesus never ran. Jesus was never in a hurry. He was never in a hurry. In fact, in the Gospels, you hear the phrase, as he went along. There's no record of Jesus 
running anywhere. Lazarus dead, didn't run. In fact, Mary and Martha got kind of mad he didn't run. Jairus, when his daughter died, he got kind of frustrated when Jesus was just walking along because he's walking along and this woman with the issue of blood touches Jesus, turns into a big thing. Jesus talks to her. Meanwhile, the Roman centurion, his daughter's dying at home and Jesus is walking along. He never got in a rush for very much. He never was hurried. And let's be honest, that's what love is, isn't it? Love is moving at the pace of the other person, flat out. Case in point, when are you the worst to your kids? When you're in a rush, right? When everybody's behind schedule and you're just trying to get out the door and church starts at 11 and you know the music starts right at 11 and everybody's just messing around, that's when you get frustrated. That's when you get angry because you're hurried. You're hurried. You're trying to get them out the door to school and they're running late. They got to change their pants five times because they don't like the way it feels on their skin. And then you get so frustrated with them and you're like, just put it on. And they're like, I hate it. And it's like, I can't. You're going to make me have to walk you to the office. I can't do car line now. Right? And you go with the, the, the pace and the hurry and that's when you're actually not a good have some of your greatest parenting regrets, ain't it? When you're hurried. That's when you have to say sorry on the car ride for what you said in the house to your wife, to your husband. Because you're hurried. Jesus didn't live hurried. He didn't live hurried at all. He He lived at three miles an hour. Three miles an hour. Some of us are running at 15 or 20 right now. And Jesus lived at three. So what would it look like if we decided that over this holiday season, we were going to live at three miles an hour? Instead of living at 15 or 20 like the world does, what if we decided I'm going to carry the yoke, I'm going to take up his yoke, learn from him. And the first step to that is realizing that I need to live this ridiculous pace it has got me exhausted anyway. Not this ridiculous amount of effort I'm putting in. And I mean, let's be honest, by the time you get here to Sunday, some, some of us don't even make it on Sunday because of the amount of work and effort we put in all week. We're exhausted and we need that extra day of sleep. And again, when that happens, your soul begins to deteriorate. And Jesus says, I have a better way. So here's my challenge to you. I don't do this often, but I truly believe in this process because it changed my life a year ago and changed my life this year that I'm going to challenge you. Give me four weeks. Give me four weeks and let's let's see what it looks like to apprentice under the master, to apprentice under Jesus, to learn his way of life, to take up his yoke. Don't miss a Sunday. Stay in it. Stay connected. If you miss, watch it online. Consume it and then apply it. Just try it. Apply it for four weeks and see if your life is not better by the time you get to Christmas. I can guarantee the way of Jesus is better because I've done it the other way. And some of you, some of the people sitting in this room have done it the other way. And then they found the way of Jesus. And they realized that there was a better way. So that's my challenge to you. But first, you've got to answer this question. 
What's keeping you from being yoked to Jesus? Is it your desire to matter? Maybe it's, maybe it's because when you were a kid, your parents never let you play any sports, and now you got to make sure your kids can play every sport. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's your need for wealth because you grew up and you didn't have a lot of money, so now you've got to push six, seven days a week because you need to get the money because as a kid, and I understand this, you didn't have a lot. So the idea of being yoked to Jesus and moving at three miles an hour because that's what happens. The minute you get yoked to him, you move at his pace. You don't move at yours anymore. So what does it look like? What I, I don't know this. This is something you've got to wrestle internally. You can wrestle with your spouse. You can wrestle with internally with God. You can pray about it in this last song. There's something you've got to do. But what is it that's keeping you from being yoked to him? That you've stood on the outside and if you noticed you're following further and further and further away. And you're not yoked. You're not next to him. said, I'm ready to take up the yoke of Christ and, and, and receive the gift that he's given us. So we're going to take that as an opportunity. If that's you today, that you decide that you want to carry that weight and you need somebody's help, that the weight of your sin, the weight of your life, the weight of your past decisions, the, the weight of the way you've treated people in the past, you just need somebody to take that weight off. If that's you, then all you have to do, this is the amazing part about the gospel, all you have to do is admit that you need him, believe that he is who he said he was, and then say, I'm going to follow you, and you will be saved. So I want to give those of us.